welcome to EPAR Trade Live. Uh, our focus today is the winningest race car builder in North America, Fury Race Cars. It's really an honor for us to, to have them here to take time out of the busy schedule and, and do this with EPAR Trade. Uh, so uh, thank you all for being here and, and sharing your wisdom with us. The title of the webinar is Fury Race Cars uh, Fast Program and the latest rear end technology in short track racing. So we have Darius Grala with us, President, Tony Uri Jr., General Manager, and Jeff Fultz, Competition Director. Uh, I'm your host, John Kilroy, and I'm Chief of Content and Audience Development for EPAR Trade. And before we get to the webinar portion, I just have a couple quick notes. Um, EPAR Trade, uh, we're uh, over two years old now. We're in our third year, and, and basically we're bringing industry-wide innovation to the worldwide racing industry. So first we put the entire racing industry worldwide online. So on epartrade.com, there's 25,000 racing organizations across the world at your fingertips. Uh, we've created smart sourcing uh, technology so you can source products and suppliers faster, better, cheaper, more conveniently, everything uh, through epartrade.com. It's not an e-commerce site. We're not in competition with Fury race cars or speed shops or uh, warehouse distributors. It's just a, a kind of a trade show experience. Uh, you go to really source who you want to do business with throughout the next racing season. And uh, <clears throat> we have hundreds of suppliers who've upgraded pro accounts on uh, EPAR Trade. So it's not just their new products, but their most popular products, technical papers, technical videos, all sorts of stuff. So we, we just recommend stop by EPAR Trade every morning with the first cup of coffee. Um, and then we've developed EPAR Trade Live. So this has been really a fun adventure and uh, we're providing uh, technical and business uh, webinars uh, to the racing industry. And it's, it's going really well, it's fun, a ton of really great information that we're sharing, uh, thanks to people like Fury Race Cars. And um, so, and, and that's at no charge and suppliers right now are lining up to give webinars through EPAR Trade because they feel it's a really good way to share information now and throughout the year. And the third thing we've done is that we're uh, organizing Race Industry Week uh, this year. Uh, In-person trade shows have been canceled, PRI and SEMA due to the pandemic. And uh, we're going to have an online Race Industry Week where everybody will be safe, but we still want to accomplish some of the really major goals and objectives of uh, annual trade show. So it'll be Monday through Friday, November 30th through December 4th. We already have hundreds of companies signed up to give their 2021 new product line uh, introductions and present them to you on EPAR Trade. We have over 50 companies already signed up to provide tech webinars, kind of 11 hours per day, Monday through Friday. And then, um, you know, the whole shop can watch these webinars. So uh, it's kind of for everybody, no charge. Then we'll have a couple webinars that'll be kind of the, the big issues, the state of the racing industry, um, how to develop a successful race team. We already have some really great people signed up for that. So Brian Herta, Jim Law, Formula Drift, Roger Norman runs SCORE, Kevin Miller runs USAC, Chip Wild, president of Daytona International Raceway, Ned Walster, VP competition of NHRA. So we're developing some really um, big, I guess you say, conceptual stuff about the racing industry as a whole. But, you know, we need to do that at our trade shows, and we're going to do that at Online Race Industry Week. Um, and again, uh, no charge. So um, our Zoom, we'll have one Zoom in log for the entire week. So it makes it easy and convenient for you and, and the people at the shop to kind of take this time in the off season to catch the programming. 
the team is all together now for uh, online race industry week and uh, it's something brand new and hasn't been done before but you know what it's a good time to meet ch challenges or rise up to challenges and, and get this done so if you spread the word and we'll all gather together we'll be in good shape we won't be able to walk into st elmo's and see our friends and our buddies but uh you'll get the new product introductions and you'll get a lot of insight uh, technical and business and state of the industry and online race industry week. Uh, you can just go to EPAR Trade um, to register and get that one Zoom login for the entire week. And then uh, some housekeeping notes about this particular Zoom gathering. So all webinar attendees here are on mute or you're not in video, so there's no distractions. And then we want your questions. So at the bottom of the chat, uh, the Zoom screen, there's an option for chat. And if you go there and click on the option for chat, you can write in questions. I'll be keeping an eye on them. And then we'll put your questions to the Fury Race Cars team. So start now and get going and we'll go through your questions. Uh, if you're having trouble with Zoom, unfortunately, we can't help you right now. So all we can do is direct you to www.zoom.us. And then we're recording everything. So it will be available later uh, for viewing. And again, share it with uh, folks at the shop. And we'll send you a password when it's all done so that uh, you can do it again or share it with people you know. So uh, our speakers, uh, Fury Race Cars, based in uh, Marshall, North Carolina, started in 2016. Uh, 39 wins so far this year, 101 wins in 2019, 290 wins since 2016, 28 total championships. Really an impressive record. And that's a hard thing to do year in and year out. Uh, go out there and win that many races, uh, win that many championships. So something very special is happening at Fury Race Cars. We want to try and capture it today. Uh, Darius Grala, president. His background is in road racing, 2002 North American champion in the Ferrari Challenge. In 2005, driving for a BMW Southern uh, Motorsports team, he won the Grand Am Daytona Prototype Sportsman of the Year Award. His son, Kaz, uh, races in the NASCAR Xfinity Series uh, for Richard Childress Racing, the 21 car. Uh, Tony Uri Jr., general manager, and the Uri family is just one of the great uh, family names in NASCAR. Uh, going back to Ralph Uri, who is friends with uh, Ralph uh, Earnhardt, and Ralph Earnhardt built the engines for Ralph Uri, and, and they'd go racing, and both families became uh, really great friends. And, and Tony's a, a great, uh, Tony's father, Tony Uri Sr., a great crew chief in NASCAR. Tony Uri Jr., great crew chief in uh, NASCAR. And his last gig as a crew chief was for Danica Patrick. And uh, you could say Tony's career kind of began the day he was born uh, in, in racing. And Jeff Fultz, competition director. And Jeff's a great driver who got win short track races, uh, Fury Race Cars, and kind of tell us in, in a big way how it got started and kind of the practices and philosophies you've developed uh, for Fury Race Cars. Darius? Great. Uh, can you hear me? Fine. Uh, we can hear you. Perfect. Uh, well, the way it started, honestly, there was two different paths to, to starting this company. I, I mean, me personally, this was just something that I had planned on doing way back in probably somewhere in the early 2000s, in about 2002. Uh, I had just uh, started racing Daytona prototypes, and, and I had this dream for building a tube frame car uh, that was a practical track day car because as fantastic as the Daytona prototype was to race, it wasn't exactly like 
an inexpensive item for, for a hobbyist to race. So I continued racing. I started another company. Uh, my background is in engineering and, and I owned a, a software company. But this idea kept sort of um, kept percolating in the back of my mind, planning for um, when I could make the move to North Carolina and start this. At that same time, both Tony and Jeff were involved with a company called LFR that was building late models and modifieds. It was a spinoff uh, from what used to be um, uh, Steve, uh, Steve, Levitt's, Steve Levitt's chassis company. Well, anyway, to, to try to make this story somewhat shorter, um, I had come down here on invitation to, to, to talk to the folks at LFR about potentially getting involved with them. And nothing happened with that, but in the process, um, LFR was dissolved and Tony, Jeff and I uh, got together and said, well, why don't we buy the assets of LFR and start a new company called Fury. And even though the company name uh, has both FU and RY back here, I'd like to take the credit for coming up with the name. It was, uh, it, I thought it was a stroke of genius since it seems to have caught on and everybody loves the name. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it, it was uh, somewhat um, by chance that the three of us got to know each other and, and part of it was, was because of the Levitt slash um, LFR connection. But obviously the day we started, we kind of took over what had been the base work laid by Steve Levitt and by both Tony and Jeff being part of LFR. And then after Fury started, we added the third model, which is the Model R, which is the road racing car, as you could probably guess, uh, that was a, a little bit more up my alley than uh, than the short track cars may have been or like the short track cars were for Jeff and the NASCAR cars were for uh, Tony but but we started in 2016 um, with nothing but some of the hardware from uh, from the original Levitt shop which were all the uh, tube cutting bending equipment and uh we started hiring back who we thought were, were the best people in the industry and absolutely nothing happened for the first four months. We started building cars and nobody was buying, not a one. We were accumulating cars, stacking them up high and still looking for buyers and not necessarily having the best of luck until we went to the Snowball Derby. And that was in 2016. That was our uh, first big race as a company and we won and it was that really kicked off the, the Fury success story. I mean that, well I want to say Monday but it wasn't a Monday because we got rained out, it, it was delayed but whenever it was that we actually got back to the shop I believe we had like nine orders for cars and, and that really launched wow. Fury and, and honestly since that first week, we have never been 
caught up, meaning we have had a backlog uh, of cars. Even through the COVID, the peak of the pandemic, we've never stopped building cars and we've never had, um, we've never had a week off <laughs> where we didn't build a car. Everything that we've been able to build in the last now three and a half years uh, has been spoken for before it was done. So, so we've been blessed in that way that demand for our cars has been high and great teams uh, have purchased our cars and um, have continued. I'd like to think we contributed to their success, but, uh, but we are thankful for them making us look good and keeping the demand for the cars high. That's great. Uh, Tony, or not, but, uh, but uh, as far as our winning record, I mean, I'm looking at our uh, website right now and uh, we're about a week and a half out of date. Our total wins in 2020 is now up to 43, which would make our total wins since we started up to 294. In our championships, while I appreciate you saying 28, we are now up to 30. Uh, just this past weekend, we won um, the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Championship with Justin Bonsignor and uh, Josh uh, Brock. Yeah, Josh Brock won the Bonsignor. CRA uh, Championship in a late model. So we are now officially up to 30. Yeah. So we won three championships. Oh, God. Cody My apologies. We're up to 31. Yes, Cody Coughlin won, won the Jets, Jets championship. So, so, uh, so we, even though this obviously has not been the ideal year for anybody, um, and, and our wins are not quite what they were last year, which we won 101 races uh, last year alone in a 52-week period, 101 that's almost averaging two wins per weekend. Um, so I don't think we'll be matching that record this year simply because there weren't as many races run. Uh, but, but if we can get halfway there, we'll feel like we've had a, a pretty darn good year. But besides that, we'd love to talk about all three models uh, of our cars. Um, and I'd love to talk about our FAST program because not everybody knows uh, what that is. And in our opinion, that's one of the keys to our success, or maybe more specifically, one of the keys to our customers' uh, successes. So, but as far as starting uh, with the cars, I, I mean, the modified was was the first one. Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe you could uh, talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, we um, we started out to design the modified. The modified basically was the start. Uh, of the company. Uh, we were very successful with that. Uh, won many of championships. Uh, Burt Myers drives one. Uh, Justin has been very successful. Doug Kobe, uh, Kyle Monsignor. So we've had a lot of guys in our cars that's won a lot of races in the Northeast and around North Carolina. So that probably set the president of the company to, to say, hey, here's, here's a good product. We sold uh, probably got about 35 of those out there. And me and Jeff's always been a super late model racer, and I've always had a passion for doing super late models. So even when I was in the big leagues, I've always had a passion for straight rail cars. So uh, I went to Jeff and said, hey, man, you need to come over here and 
be part of this deal with me and kind of because I know he he knows what to do because it's like the cup car is so different from the super late models it's like you know you got to have some you know you're not living it every day well Jeff's lived it for years I mean he's come up and done the cup stuff and the Xfinity stuff and and he stayed in the short track ram so if I can bring my little bit Jeff brings his a lot of bit you know we put it put together uh a nice simple race car for guys to be able to have that's very basic to where we can be on the phone. Either one of us, you can call here at the shop to order parts, or if you need something, it's like one of us are going to be on the phone to be able to help you. So uh, we have a book that's got a baseline, tells you exactly how to set the car up from one end to the other, which has been a big, it gives everybody a baseline. So when they do get lost, when you're trying stuff, well, you can get back to where you need to get. So that's been a big plus for our car. I think that's, brought a lot of customers to us like that because they they want to they want that hands-on they want that customer feel of hey they can get some help after they buy the product so we've really pushed it and then like Darius said we started with the Model R uh, designed it um, had a great time like road racing is is a big part of motorsports you know it's even gonna be a bigger part next year with the NASCAR <laughs> deal so, every day um so we've, we've done a lot of testing with young drivers I mean we've had a ton of young drivers come through here Jeff uh has done a ton of development and driver coaching with kids I mean we had uh William Byron Zane Smith Christian Eckes uh, Chandler Smith yeah Chandler Smith there's a lot of good young drivers I mean in, in the the beauty of it is it's like and I kind of realized this towards the end of my NASCAR career. It's like nothing is greater than giving back what's, what's, what you've had a life in. And it's like these kids come in at 12, 14 years old. Well, you know, I lived NASCAR when it was in its prime. And if I can help them live the same life that I did in motorsports and get them down there, that's, that's a good feeling. You know, like you're giving back to the sport to give you so much. So that's been a blessing. Uh, yeah, I kind of seen that when I was doing the Danica deal. I was like, man, this is this is what's going to drive me. You know, it's like you can live off of, hey, I want to win every week, win after week. But it's when you can watch somebody else and you help them get to where they want to go. That That's the ultimate feeling, you know. So that's where I'm at. I know Jeff Jeff enjoys it. Like, we, we was laughing about it this morning. It's like we live and breathe race cars all the time. And sometimes we just have to chill out just to get away from it. But we – uh live and breathe this stuff, um, try to keep it, you know, simple and, uh, and, and enjoy what we do. And we, I think all three of us, when we get up in the morning, we can't wait to get here. We, we enjoy it. Like if we didn't enjoy it, we wouldn't do it. And, um, just want to give back to the customers, uh, what they deserve. And I think we've got three good cars here that we can do a lot of stuff with. We do the track day deal. And, you know, luckily we've gotten, uh, you know, just, Recently, we've uh, done the SRX, so now we're a part of that with Ray Everham and Tony Stewart with that new program. So that's a big, that's a big deal for us right there. So we're doing all the chassis for that. Yeah, congratulations on that! I, I thought that was really cool. And um, explain, in case somebody's a little bit behind, uh, the SRX program. What are you going to be doing there? Uh, we're we're basically we, they took our Model R and we kind of converted it over. We're putting a new body style on it. Uh, but we'll basically be building all the chassis for all 20 cars. It's like an old IROC series from back in the 90s. A lot of great drivers. Um, so that's just getting rolling, you know, putting the pieces together. But we're using our base chassis. 
we may have to tweak it here or there because it's what's really unique is now you have a car that's going to run short track, dirt track, and road course. Wow. So the, the car has got to be versatile enough to go through all three, you know, so that's going to be a big deal. We're going to start testing probably in mid-December, I would say, you know, and I'm sure Jeff's going to be driving it a lot just to kind of give us some feedback uh, on like, hey, what do we need to do to make it a little bit for every everything? And uh, it's going to be it's going to be a good time. Like it's prime time CBS. Uh, I think it's six, six, six races, uh, 12 drivers, all the cars are identical. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Like it's going to be a different type of racing. You know what? I think that's what's, um, you know, some of the NASCAR stuff now it's like, we've gotten such, uh, the mile and a half's got, they're running at speeds that they can't get around and race each other. So, if we can get back to short track racing where rubbing is racing, they call it, uh, you know, I think right now, I mean, the short track uh, world is, it's booming. You know, you, I mean, you, you're talking dirt cars, you're talking asphalt cars, like nobody's slowing down in that realm. So uh, we're just excited to be, to take care of our part of it and see what the next level brings us. It's so great in, in this year, the pandemic, uh, that things are still moving forward. And, and the cars are rolling, uh, the guys are buying parts, and then to have the uh, announcement of a new racing series, I, I think that was really a, a shot in the arm for the racing industry to see that kind of positivity and planning for the future. So I, I, I love the concept, and uh, all, all of us are curious to, to watch those guys race because they're not all uh, roundy round racers, right? I mean, they'll be oh, drag not racers. Even, not even close. Yeah. The majority of them are, in fact, not that that. Uh, that have already been announced. I mean, there's more IndyCar and F1 guys than there is uh, former NASCAR guys. So I, I think it'll be extremely interesting to see who excels. I mean, you can probably guess that some of the former NASCAR guys will have a bit of an advantage maybe on the short tracks, but I, I can't wait to see them compete against the F1 and IndyCar guys on a road course and on dirt. Well, heck, it'll just – well, let's see who else is announced. I, I mean, I, okay. I suspect there will be – well, I guess Tony Stewart is already a, uh, a dirt track specialist. But, uh, but it'll just be interesting to see who, who excels where and, and, and how quickly they're able to catch on to an environment that's not necessarily what their comfort zone is. I mean, it should be, should be very interesting uh, to watch. Never mind just the personalities of all these guys. I mean, they're not just great racers. I mean, they're all huge personalities. I mean, this should be a heck of a lot of fun to watch. It looks like a lot of fun. It looks like there could be a lot of work for you on Monday morning, too. We'll see. I mean, I, it could be. It could be. But, I mean, one of the first things that Ray said to us when he uh, came to talk to us about the car, he's like, whatever we do, we got to make it as strong as possible. We need these guys to be able to lean into each other and still continue going. So, I mean, they're not shying away from, from potential contact for sure. I mean, while everyone is calling it like the modern day IROC series, I, I, I suspect this is going to be a significantly more physical version of the IROC series uh, than what it used to be. Yeah, I think the short track, track aspect of it will just make it a lot more fun. And, and, and Jeff, uh, for, as competition director, kind of, what are your duties there at Fury? 
Well, basically, me and Tony kind of divide up most of the everything. We'll sell parts, build cars. It, it really doesn't matter. But most of the time, it tracks stuff, helping customers, um, giving kind of setup stuff, um, any kind of things that we can help um, the guys when they call us. We've had five or six calls this morning, just different uh, setup ideas. If they struggled uh, the week before or something, or if they won the week before, we just go through and, and try to help them diagnose problems they're having. Um, or, you know, just make more speed with them or just questions they have. So we do that most of the day and, and then uh, sell parts. And, and like I said, just deal with our customers and um, set up cars and go to the racetrack. But ultimately, I guess Jeff's responsibility is to win. Yeah. Which he's kind of been hitting it out of the park for the last four years. <laughs> he's succeeded now 294 times. <laughs> Well, most of it's our, our teams that we have, you know, we, I've done this for a long time with super late model racing and, and we have built a car that everybody can race. And uh, the normal guy that's got a super late model can work out of his garage and, and he can still go to work and come home and change a gear and go race. And we made the cars where you can go from track to track to track and race it. And you don't have to reset it all up and majorly do a bunch of stuff and buy a bunch of springs and shocks. We, we've done that homework for him and we've made the car kind of a car that can run all the way around. And there's, you know, everybody out there builds a really nice race car that we race against. But the difference is a simplified way ours is and the way we handle our customers to try to um, keep them in kind of a box and then let them get out of the box. And, and, and some of them still win outside the box, not a problem. But there's a lot more of the regular guys that need help um, where they can just call us and say, where do you put something or where's a bump stop or things like that, or if they're going from one track to the other, just the gear ratio or air pressures and things like that. And that's what our cars have been probably 80% to 90% I get to drive when they first are new. And it's, they're all really good right out of the box. And that's, that's hard to do that, but we've been able to do that with all our cars and be um, successful right out of the box with them when they were brand new. Um, and it's just trying to keep everything simple for the customer, being there for them not making it too uh, technical. And, and we always seem to uh, try to stay on top of everything because we're down here in the South and that's all we do for a living. And um, where other people have to still work regular jobs and, and then try to go race. I, I think that's brilliant. I, I think kind of as a business, as an industry, one thing that's really valuable for racing is that the people have choices on how to spend their money. So the guy can go buy a race car, or maybe his wife wants him to take him to Europe, or maybe the guy maybe wants a bass boat or a race car, and they have choices. And one of the things that may happen too often is that somebody new to racing can't get out of the back of the pack, can't get out of the, uh, the rear part of the pack, and they give up. And we don't want people to depart that way because we want them to stay in racing and, and keep buying parts and everything. And it's just brilliant that you're there to not just sell him the car and, and say goodbye, but to get him so that he's not in the back of the pack and get him to feel that he's competitive. So hats off to you guys for figuring that out. Yeah, and it's really helped. I mean, there's a lot of customers. It's pretty personal to all of us that they run good. And if you take a guy that runs, not that they're bad, any of them are bad, because if you race cars, you still got to have, uh, you got to be pretty good to even race a car. But there's guys that just don't have, they get support different ways, but the support we can give, we can take them and move them up 10 spots, but they can show up every week and, and they're in the game instead of not, instead of being way off. Maybe they have a week where they run fifth and they have a week they're on 27th. We're trying to keep them where they stay uh, right, right where they need to be and, and they get faster and faster so they can learn and build off. If they don't tear the car up, they can learn more. If they, if they happen to tear a car up, we 
we supplying the parts back on it that they don't have to go through and worry about it being something different. Um, so it can line back up everything it, when you bolt them on are always the same. And it's, it's helped a lot of good customers. And what's made our, a lot of our wins is just the customers working together. We have, we're like just a big team. And that's, that, that was hard to get in super late miles. And I've drove for pretty much every builder out there and they're all great builders. And uh, some of them are the, everybody's are different, but this is what I always wanted when I was a driver and didn't have much to race off of. And guys would just give me a chance to drive. And I always needed help from the people that built the cars and, We've gotten help from them on and off, but you didn't get, I always wanted to just be a little bit uh, higher in that. So, and that's what we try to do here. Yeah, I, I think that when people uh, are new to racing, you know, and especially in North Carolina, you have families that have been racing generation after generation, but people are brand new to it and, and their dad never raced. They need some help. And I think it's important for us to feel and believe that, People don't just buy parts in racing. It's not, it sounds like it's about parts, but actually they're buying an experience. And, and you're really uh, selling that experience from buying parts to actually going out there and being competitive. And so you have the FAST program, factory supported team. Let's go back to that one more time. And, and how does that work? Well, is there a way that you can switch uh, my laptop to show the screen rather than? Uh, then the camera. Uh, there's a, a I, I, there's an option down there that says share screen at the bottom of the Zoom screen, and you you can uh, click on that and maybe go find something on your computer. All right. No, I ah here we go. I just just don't press the wrong button. <laughs> uh, well, no, we, we have two different laptops, so I, I can get the, uh, get the camera. Um, I might have to leave and rejoin again. Uh, my apologies. Uh, Click on share screen, Darius, and that's all you have to do on the green button. Share yes, sir. <laughs> That was the voice of Francie Sevignan, the founder yeah. of Newport Trade. Yeah, it's uh, the- While we're waiting, Tony, do you want to start talking about the FAST program? Yeah, yeah I mean, part, part of the deal is, it's like when we first, when me and Darius sat down and really talked about it, it was like, you know, loyalty goes a long way in, in, in the sport of racing as friends and, and meeting partners that you want to partner up with. So what, what he's kind of done here is he's, he's come up with a program to where like our customers are coming to us for information. They want to know, Hey, well, what springs do you want? Or what's, what shock should I buy? What oil should I put in my car? There's a lot of, a lot of questions like that. And they're just like, well, they're leaning on us for to have the experience. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to get up with partners, you know, where it's like AP breaks. Uh, we're, they're a great partner. They they're trying to come on to the fast program to where we actually push their product. And as we push their product, it goes to all of our customers. Whether we're giving them a discount or whether they're, hey, we're gonna do a supply, all the teams will in return, the teams can come back with information on products that they have raced. You know, where if somebody wants to, you know, they've got an oil that they wanna test, well, we can get some customers to actually go run it and bring back data. You know, it's just part of R&D. 
you know, but you're also being a part of this family. So like we're pushing to say, hey, right now we're, you know, we're, you know, we, we sell Penske shots, you know, we sell Draco Springs. We have strange oval, you know, their axles and drive plates. So we're trying to be loyal to different companies and, and companies come to us with new products and say, hey, how can I, how can I get this in the super late model world? You know, what, what do I need to do to push this out to get it to your customers? And that's what we're trying to use this FAST program for. It's a, it's a way to, for us to interact our customers with the corporate world, basically, to try to, to marry the two to where we can get new products pushed out. And, it, and, it's, and it's good for both of us. It's good for the, for the parent company, it's good for us, and it's good for our customer. But I, we are struggling to get this uh, PowerPoint up on the screen. I, I think I'm just logging in as a particip uh, participant rather than a, uh, than a presenter. But I, I mean, this is easy enough to just talk about. I mean, as yeah. Tony has already started, I mean, first, FAST stands for, as you said, factory supported teams uh, program. And essentially, I mean, we're just trying to do a minimized version of sort of what NASCAR does um, with the strategic technical alliances with some of the smaller teams. Um, the big difference between what we're doing and, and maybe what some of those cup teams are doing is there's no there's no cost uh, for what we're doing. Um, it's, it's essentially a barter system in a sense that we're asking you to carry our branding uh, and our partner's branding on your car, not as a primary, but just as a smaller contingency size stickers. And in return for getting all of this technical support and technical information. Uh, so the first thing at the top of the list was what uh, Tony has already mentioned, which is our setup guide. That is a proprietary book with not just instructions or measurements, but literally pictures showing exactly how to measure uh, the various points on the car. Uh, I mean, you'd be surprised how many racers out there, well, they know how to set up a car, but as soon as you get on the phone just to try to communicate, like, well, what's your measurement here? What's your measurement there? Oftentimes you're not talking about the exact same thing. I mean, so by having this book, I mean, it just puts us and all our customers on the same page, almost pun intended there. But, um, but it also shares all of our technical knowledge because uh, as Jeff was saying, I mean, it's very difficult to race late models, especially if you're a one person team or even a three or four person team. Um, if you don't have a cousin or a brother-in-law or a brother that, that works at Gibbs or Roush or something that can give you the trick information or can machine this one piece that is really gonna make all the difference, it's always been difficult to race at the front of the pack. You had to be a significant innovator uh, of your own. Whereas what we're doing here is, we're not saying we're gonna build you the one-off car that is absolutely better than everyone else and will destroy the field. What we're saying is we're gonna build you a car and we're gonna help you set it up where we know the car is capable of winning. 
you're still going to have to go out there and tune it for the day. You're still going to have to drive it. You're still going to have to make strategy calls if there's strategy calls to be made. So it's not like it's all of a sudden going to be easy to win, but at least when you show up at the racetrack and you unload, you know that you have a car that can win. Uh, and, and that's, I, I think that's a huge part of what Jeff was saying, that that's oftentimes the biggest struggle or a lot of guys, I, I mean, they're just not sure. Well, is it me? Is it my crew chief? Or is it our car? And, and if it's our car, well, which part of our car? I mean, are, do we just have the wrong shocks? Are we down on power? And, and that's where the chasing of things starts. And that's where it gets very, very expensive because it, it's very difficult to, you know, especially when it comes to some of the bigger parts, you can't just go buy a new set of shocks. I mean, it's very expensive. It's thousands of dollars. If you, if you have concerns about your motor, well, that's even more thousands of dollars. Uh, whereas if you start out with our baseline and with some of our support, well, at least it's significantly faster, easier, and way less expensive to try to diagnose where are my shortcomings? What do I need to work on? Because nobody minds working on themselves. They just want to be sure that that's what, that they need to be working on the driver rather uh, than on the car. We have a couple of questions. I'll just kind of roll through yeah. them. How many employees there at Fury Race Cars? Uh, we have about 20 people. Okay. I mean, it's not, it's not a, a big company, but, uh, but we have enough folks here. Well, and, and I guess uh, besides Tony and Jeff, uh, I mean, the truth is most of the people here all have a national cup or, or NASCAR national level uh, experience, whether it, it be crew chiefing or, or our chassis builders or, um, I, I mean, even our fabricators and our final assembly. I mean, the guy that is bolting our suspension together um, uh, two years ago was bolting a, a cup car together. So, I, I mean, there's there's an awful lot of talent in this building um, that, that helps build the program into what it is. Uh, Mooresville is just a magical place when it comes to talent. I mean, the talent pool in Mooresville is uh, maybe the best in the world uh, when it comes to racing and, and, and being able to draw upon that. Uh, another question is R&D. One of the things that always amazed me about companies like Fury Race Cars is it's one thing to win a race and win a championship one year, but to do it year after year and keep up as things change in racing is, is always been a puzzle to me. I, I don't know how you do it, but how do you describe your R&D program? We can certainly talk a lot about that because this also differentiates us, uh, I think, from, from some of our competitors. I mean, for starters, we don't run a racing program ourselves. We don't do the whole rent a ride and, and, and try to compete against our customers. But having said that, we're also not the guys that just weld some parts together and leave you to go figure it out. So we do go to the racetrack fairly often and we do a fair bit of testing. Uh, we do race a few times here and there. In fact, I mean, Jeff was just at the Winchester 400 uh, last weekend. So 
So we're still participating in the racing, but we go out of our way to try to not take away championships from our customers. Uh, albeit when we are there to race, we do try to take a win away from them if possible. Uh, but, uh, but we're not out there competing for championships and we're also not competing against some of our teams that provide race services. Uh, we're not selling against them. We're not trying to run a, an in-house program for much more than learning and testing. So, I mean, what helps us stay ahead of the curve? Well, honestly, like one of the most talented drivers in the business and one of the most talented crew chiefs in the business. I mean, these guys go to the right and they might not brag themselves, but I'll brag for them. I mean, I, I'm not saying there aren't some superstar young hot shoes that might be willing to take some bigger races than Jeff might at this point, but I would challenge you to find a guy who, who understands what's going on in the chassis. I mean, we go testing with Jeff and, you, you know, he'll be the guy that says, well, I think, you, you know, the spring tension on the throttle return is just like a hair too much or not enough. I mean, the level of detail that, that he understands the car at, is, is, I mean, very few people have because of experience, but I mean, but because of winning. And, and I mean, you couple that, with Tony's experience, uh, every time these guys go to the track together, the cars come back just a little bit better than when they left. And, and all of that eventually works its way into what we're selling to the customers. Because we're not competing against them for business or for championships, we have no reason to hold out on them. So everything that we know, our customers know, fairly quickly thereafter. I mean, sometimes we even think we let some of the information out too soon and they want it even sooner still. We try to at least get it packaged up to the point where it's ready for, for the general uh, public out there, but, but sometimes we're pressured to put it out even sooner than we'd like. But, but that's what keeps us in the front. I, I mean, honestly, it is, yes, it's everybody in the shop, but everybody in the shop led by these two guys right here. That's great. And then we've had a couple of questions uh, that people are just curious about the cost of, of the cars. Do you want to kind of roll through that? Well, the late model is, is the one that is the most common car uh, we sell. I mean, we've built over 250 uh, of the late models at this point. Uh, from a cost perspective, the base package starts at $15,999. And what the base package means is it includes everything that makes a Fury car a Fury car. Uh, so that has the chassis, that has all the suspension components, interior, I mean, all of the proprietary pieces that we make in-house. Now, that's not a complete car. It's just everything else that's required you can either do yourself and or buy from other vendors, like a five-star body, you know, like oil tanks, radiators, and so on. Everybody probably knows we don't actually manufacture the radiators or rear ends from scratch. Um, we deal with vendors like Magnus, who is on, on this call uh, with us. Um, but the base package of what makes a Fury a Fury 
is $15,999. Now, the next step up, you can have for around $30,000, we'll call it, is, is fully assembled, powder coated, and, and rolling, but still without a body. And then the next step up from that is in the $39,000 range. I mean, we call it 38.5 for, for the base package with a traditional body. When you have the next gen body, it, it takes it up a little over $39,000. But so those are the three major steps. Like just to get a Fury is about uh, $15,999. To get a, a, a powder coated, fully assembled roller is about $29,000. And with a body and, and completely assembled is about $39,000. Now we can do, the sky's the limit as to if you want us to build you a turnkey race car. On three different occasions, we have built a car that we have delivered on a Saturday morning that the customer won the race with Saturday night. So we can, we can sell you everything with the drivetrain, with all the fluids, all set up, truly ready to race. Uh, but those are typically done to the customer's specifications because it's up to them what series they're going to be racing in, uh, exactly what the final trim pieces are from, uh, from motor to transmission to fuel cell and so on. Very good. And then we also had as part of the title, uh, rear end technology for short track racing. And I, I don't want to run through our hour and miss that. Do you want to yeah. talk about that for a little bit? Well, for that, I mean, we've, um, we've invited uh, Magnus. Uh, they are one of the providers of the rear ends uh, for us in the cars that we sell. And, and Mike is here with us. Uh, we don't know how, who would be switching to Mike uh, for this segment, but uh, if you guys could do that, that would be great. How you doing, bud? Are you there? Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, we got you. Ah, here we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so at Magnus, we build a lot of the rears for Fury race cars. Um, nowadays, in the late model technology, the rear ends are very important. There's a lot going on there and they need to be very precise. Um, a lot of the times if the car isn't handling properly, it can be because of a bent rear end housing. Um, sometimes you can go and change multiple things on a car and it doesn't react. And we find out that a rear end housing is an issue where it's, where it's bent. And everything is measured nowadays with dial indicators. When we're setting a toe on on a rear end housing, we're measuring things within thousands. Um, we have a tolerance of, of plus two thousandths to minus five thousandths on rear end toe, which is a very close tolerance when you think of a single strand of hair as three thousandths. So for, for somebody that doesn't really understand all that, it's, that's what we're working with, with uh, rear end housings and trying to get them as precise as possible. Uh, we also do a lot of axles. Um, we also work with Strange and Fury with the axles. Axle tuning is a huge deal nowadays. Um, we have guys that will go to the racetrack and, 
and tune their cars just with axles. So different diameters um, can help turn the car. It can help give the car drive. There's multiple things that go on in the rear end housing nowadays. The other thing um, I guess we should probably touch base on is in the super late model world, is they went from having differentials to having spools for a roll. You know, we now, a lot of those uh, rear ends now just want a spool pump set up where stagger is a major factor versus where when you had a differential, it wasn't as big of a factor. So there's a lot of things that are going on, a lot of changes going on in their rear end housings, um, rear end geometry, way tubes are put in rear end housings, um, the way the brackets are put on the rear end housings. There's a lot that goes into them that plays into a factor on how the car handles and works. Yeah, that's a big component to get that car around the track fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, uh, like Mike said, like we've got strains come in with the, um, with the different size axles and they call it axle stagger. I mean, it's been, a tremendous deal for guys all through modifieds, through late models, everything. And it's been like, um, you can, when you take 30 thousandths off of an axle, it, is, it changes the whole strength of the axle. And then it also has to deal with the length of it, you know, the length of the tubes when the axles change in that direction. So uh, we, in the last year and a half, you know, hats off to everybody. I think that technology come out of drag racing. So that's one thing that's kind of neat is like motorsports as a whole, everything kind of makes itself a circle around, you know, it may be, you get a little bit out of road racing, may come over to the oval track or vice versa. So it's, it's really neat when things like that cross over and you can actually use them in different uh, motorsports. That's it, uh, it means a lot. And it's, you know, to have guys like Mike at Magnus there, uh, he does a tremendous job uh, just helping us, make sure that we keep things in tune. You know, if guys bump wheels or have a repair, we can get it over to him fast and get it turned around. And then we have a question and the question says, so are we talking center pull or conventional? Conventional. Yeah, ours is a conventional setup. Uh, we have a regular third link in ours. Uh, we have tried to center pull a little bit here and there, touch base with it. We always try to understand what your competitors and what others is out there. You know, it, you know, the center pull was originally, it was called the live suspension. So, but when you go to that suspension, it's totally, it's a totally different way of the car reacting. Like it takes different shock absorbers, uh, takes different springs. Uh, their springs are mounted on the front side of housing versus the back. So when you start getting into that, it, people can tend to make mistakes and they can tend to, they can get off. Like the, if you hit it, like it, it's a very good package. But if you miss it, like it's terrible. So like for us, it's like what we feel like our customers need and we can compete week in and week out with them is keep it conventional and then it makes it easier for the customer to make less mistakes. Having said that, we do have a center pole option for our car if somebody wants it. And some customers uh, use it more often than others. Uh, but, off, but as Tony was saying, oftentimes, I mean, not only is it a preference, but it's just more of a consistency uh, matter. Like a, a lot of the customers 
prefer the conventional setup just because their window of, of goodness is significantly larger. And then one of the things that's amazing too about Fury race cars and, and also a lot of the great engine builders, it's, it's amazing too, is the idea of repeatability. So it's one thing to build a winning car or a winning race engine, but to build the next one and the next one and the next one that's as good as that winning race car, it always looks to me like a big challenge. How do you get that repeatability so that all the race cars meet your standards? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it starts with the people that are working in our chassis shop and the approach that we take. I mean, all of our tubes are bent on a CNC bender. So all of our tubing is exactly the same. If you come back and you knock a front clip off, we put a new one on, that new clip is going to be exactly the same as your original one. So, I mean, I think a lot of short track racers were used to every time they knocked off a clip off their car, well, they essentially needed to start a whole new notebook uh, for, for setup notes and history. Whereas in our case, I mean, the new clip that we put on is, is literally going to be exactly the same as the last one. And, and that has to do with the people, with the craftsmen, but also with the tools that we use. I mean, the, the CNC bender is a big part of it. Uh, the fixtures that we use is, is another big part of it. Uh, I mean, how these cars uh, are jigged up is, is a big part of our proprietary sort of uh, voodoo, I guess, that we yeah. do here. I mean, there's so much in manufacturing these days with laser, water jet, uh, you know, like our interiors are all water jetted out. So like, it's like when a customer calls, he can use the same rivet holes. Like, you know, you try to make it to where it's as easy as possible for that guy. Cause that guy's, the guys that we're dealing with are, are Monday through Friday, they have a job. This is a hobby. So you've got to, they, they've got to have work time, family time, racing time. And you've got to make it and marry it all together to where, you know, the guy can still have a family at home it, but still enjoy it. Anytime someone doesn't enjoy what they're doing, they're going to do something different. And it's our job to make it as easy as possible so that we we all go to the track and have a good time. That's what motorsports is all about. You know, I, I uh, always wish that sanctioning organizations would come and talk to race car builders like yourselves to figure out kind of what are the best rules for everybody. Uh, do sanctioning bodies ever contact you and, and work with you on rules? Yeah, they talk to Jeff a lot. Like Jeff goes would go to PRI or, you know, they would have a meeting up there every year. I think yeah. some of this other. So Yeah, we get a lot of like uh, some of the main inspectors of stuff come in and they take a look at our stuff and and uh just just for ideas because we are a manufacturer and we have a lot of cars out there and with them winning, they at least know they can come look at our stuff and we always are an open book to because our biggest thing is safety for the people driving our cars. We don't have any problems with that, and we want to make things safer if, if uh, they have ideas. And they can just look at um, body rules and things like that, and, and we can put our input in. Because a lot of the inspectors get input just from other competitors um, all around the garage here. So they don't, they don't um, really know sometimes what they're looking at. So that we, we have an open book with them to come look to, to make the racing part of it. Because that's the biggest thing is to keep everybody kind of – on an equal field of things. And when they get, get cars, they go somewhere. We don't want people having problems with tech and things like that. So 
if they hear something, they might call us and say, hey, we're going to come up and look at something. NASCAR can come and look at things. And we have that all the time. Just um, And then we talk to them and show it to them and go through it with them and get ideas. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, we're, we're getting to uh, the hour mark. Um, and we try to keep it to an hour so that uh, people can kind of get back to work. Um, so as we look to wrapping this up, maybe we haven't talked about something that you wanted to talk about or some last impression you want to leave with our audience. Um, Darius, any kind of wrap-up comments? Well, probably the biggest one that I would have is I'd like to dispel the notion that our cars are outrageously expensive. I mean, a lot of our customers that, that call, and, and you've already asked about the pricing, which I really appreciate that, uh, but a lot of people are, are shocked when they call us to find out that, I mean, they can get into a Fury car for under $16,000. I mean, there's been some rumors out there that had people thinking, well, just a basic roller was $100,000, which obviously that is... And not the case. So uh, anyone who's even thinking about a, a Fury car will call us, talk to us. I mean, we'll be happy to tell you exactly whatever you're looking for. We can probably do it and we'd be happy uh, to give you an idea uh, of what the price is. But, but it's probably, uh, we're not, we never claim to be the least expensive car in the market, but it, it's probably not quite as expensive as maybe some of the myths out there uh, have been. So I'd say that's a big part of it. And uh, the only other thing I, I'd like to wrap up is uh, if anybody is thinking about um, having a car in time for next season, the sooner you call us, probably the better. And this isn't just a sales pitch. I mean, everybody knows there's always been a little bit of a backlog here, but, but as you can probably guess, with the SRX series is starting testing uh, soon. Uh, I mean, our backlog of work is, is probably about to get as big or bigger than, than it may even normally be. Uh, so, so anyone who knows they want to have a car for next year, um, we'd certainly encourage you to call us sooner rather than later. Okay, very good. Well, I certainly have enjoyed this. I believe our audience has enjoyed this, and we're for the racing trade, so we have a pretty sophisticated audience out there, and then with the internet, they could be from around the world. Uh, thank you very much. It's really neat to see. It's not just selling the car but selling the ability to go out there and, and have fun in racing and become more competitive with every race. I, I just think that's brilliant. And that's as an industry, that's what we have to do. We have to make a place for the new guy to go racing, have fun at it and get to the top. Uh, good luck with the SRX program. Uh, it'll be fun to follow. And, and we may have a follow-up webinar with you to kind of find out how that's going and how much fun you're having with it. I hope it's fun. And then uh, we'll be signing off here for ePart Trade. So again, uh, Online Race Industry Week will be November 30th to December 4th. Uh, just one Zoom login and you can access uh, basically like 11 hours of programming just like this, Monday through Friday of that week. So you can go to ePartTrade.com and at the top there's a sign up today for uh, Online Race Industry Week. 
and there's no charge for it. Uh, just uh, the, the gathering worldwide of the racing industry that we need to have uh, at least annually. We'll, we'll do that for the racing industry in this year, the pandemic. So uh, thank you very much, guys. Um, this has been great. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thank, thank you, sir. Very much.